Hi, I'm Julia Leewald, writer on X-Men the Animated Series. And I'm Eric Leewald, showrunner on X-Men the Animated Series. And this is a very special episode of The Power Power of X-Men. Xavier is dead. Apocalypse reigns. This is the Age of Apocalypse. Welcome to Power of X-Men Apocalypse, the podcast where we review every single issue of the classic reality-warping, high-octane, epic X-Men crossover event known as Age of Apocalypse. Well, welcome uh, back to the Age of Apocalypse. Um, And, you know, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'm, you know, somewhat glad Dayspring's here, but we're here. Someone once told me when I did a yoga class, I was like, oh, thank you so much for having me. And they were like, oh, you're like the furniture. And I was like, what does that mean? I, I, I have just paid you people for this <laughs> yoga class and you're going to insult me with this. With it, but I guess it was supposed to mean that like you're you're always here. Um, yes, uh, hot yoga, sweating out the Hot evil. yoga. Um, but I'm happy. I'm so happy for today's episode, Scott, because originally we have Eric and Julia Leewald, series, yes. you know, showrunner and writer for the X-Men animated series. And we were going to talk to them about One Man's Worth in, in great detail, which we do. We do. Which we, we, we do. You know, uh, we're I'm promising you that we do. But unless you've been living under like a virtual rock the past couple of days, um, you've no doubt heard that the X-Men animated series is coming back on what? Disney Plus. It was insane. <sighs> so literally on Friday, we had to rethink our entire script, <laughs> add in some sections and send it to the Leewalds. And I was terrified. I was like, oh, my God, that's it. We're, we're not going to have an interview with them. Because that's it. Now they're under the Disney, you know, everything. And they're not going to be able to talk to press. But they were. And they spoke to us for like two hours. Yep. Uh, They are the nicest people. And they are always so eager to talk X-Men. And it was just great to have them. Yeah. So, folks, buckle up and enjoy this episode. This is just part one of the episode. We wanted to make sure we got the more recent news items out first to you guys. So you're going to be listening to this first parter, and then you will hear the second part where we go into One Man's Worth and the entire series in another episode. So enjoy. You may have heard that Disney announced on Disney Plus Day that we're getting a revival of the X-Men animated series. Yes. The new series is called X-Men 97, and it seems that many of the original cast members uh, are returning, as well as a lot of the behind-the-scenes folks. Uh, folks like showrunner and series writer Eric and Julia Leewald. Who we have Um, on the podcast today? Yeah, Uh, welcome. Um, So, how how are you guys like feeling after like all that was announced? 
she's the one that, that handles the rest of the world through social media. I try. I try. And so I was doing fine that first day, but she was just stressing out with the hun literally hundreds of yeah. people she felt she had to reply to. And I just said, look, it'll keep. It's, it's fine. <laughs> but it was it was both exhilarating and uh and gratifying. I mean, it was just and a little terrifying. It was a little. It was a little surreal. I mean, having all you know, all this stuff being about this thing, that, and we had not heard about it for that long. I uh, mm, uh, well, okay, well, no, yes, I, yes, no, but yes, yes, no. Uh, whatever we had to sign to do to have this conversation. Yeah, we, yeah, we no, no, are we, being discreet. Yeah, we were being very discreet. You know, when Marvel contacted us about the series, uh, we signed an NDA. And we couldn't talk to anybody, and when it was getting near the 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 uh, re revelation that morning uh, <laughs> people were, had been writing us or writing Julia on, oh. you know, on Twitter. Is it happening? Are you guys involved? And she just, we had, heard a rumor. We heard a rumor. Is it really true? Is say, it really true? <clears throat> just, well, you know, yeah. Or we wish, or yeah. wouldn't that be nice? We're hoping. And, yeah. Fingers crossed. And so, and boom, then the release yeah. of the information. Then. So, uh, but yeah, yeah it's just, it's really cool. Cause we've been, people have been asking us for five years and we've been going to cons since we've got these books going about the show. So, you know, Oh, are you going to do another season? You want to do another season? We want to do another and we season. We just said, you know, we, and you know, we and the writers and the artists all love doing it so much. I mean, we can't say that about half the shows we worked on, but we love doing it so much. Of course we'd, we'd welcome that. And I said, but nobody's ever, mentioned that and, and we certainly haven't heard anything about that from marvel and we really hadn't we weren't being coy or anything we just really hadn't heard anything they're very good even though <laughs> they've probably been planning since the day that disney plus was announced to do this show they didn't announce it to anybody and finally uh you know we heard about it recently and when they contacted us saying if we wanted to consult and we, we said yeah we'd love to and so now Four years of questions from people. Yeah, it's gonna, and it's and it is. The nice thing is, it's not a weird new reimagining. It's I mean, if you guys have seen the designs, it is a continuation. You know, a few months later of where we left off with the same characters and the same setup. So that's that's wonderful. And these, you know, they they when they contacted us, it was like this team of sixty. Uh, people that are your guys' age or younger uh, that have been working on this for a while, and that was surreal too because we were brought on kind of a. They hadn't well, been we're, told. We're not on the artist side; we're on the writing side. Yeah. Here. So uh, the beginnings of all this, the 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 artwork that we were then you know afforded the chance to take a look at, it was like, oh my god, the, the people have been working on this and doing remarkable work for a while now yeah. on, the, on that side of things. And it was gratifying to see more than a few of them had um, the art of X Men the animated series. So the book in the background on their shelves. Uh, on their zoom, <laughs> our zoom meeting. That's a nice. Bible. Very That's a Bible of everything. Yeah. That was some nice connective tissue there. To yeah. see that. But it's yeah. been it's it's been an intense three days oh. for sure. Mm -hmm. So can mm -hmm. I ask when we scheduled you for this interview? Because we scheduled this like a couple of weeks ago. Did you know that Sunny? Because I'm thinking in my head that maybe you guys knew and you were you were going to know how excited we were going to be. We didn't know. We we had been contacted about the show about consulting for the show. Mm -hmm. We were well, okay. What we didn't know was that there was going to be a Disney Plus Day announcement on November 12th. We didn't know. We didn't see that yeah, train coming. That, that was no, no, obviously they had to announce at some point. But it didn't occur to us that it we weren't be... told about that till about a week in advance. Oh, so when we were, so wow. we set this all up. We had, for all we know, they were going to announce it in January, you know, right. or, yeah. or whenever. So 
that was that was news to us, and we set up this uh, without. So Without you're, foreknowledge. So you're the first people we've spoken to. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, here we thought we were going to have a really like in-depth conversation about one man's worth, <laughs> and we still can. And we, and we, we are, we, but we, we are. had to. We when the news dropped, we looked at the script and we're like, oh, we need to go back and we got to ask some some questions because we're so excited. And I, the first thing I have to ask, Larry. He's coming out of retirement for this. The four, the three of us with, with Larry Houston uh, and have, have been, we've been friends since the show, you know, and it's been, you know, on back and forth, you know, over the last 25, 30 years. And that, you know, part of the, the glue that sticks us together is that we worked on the X-Men and, and that was a phenomenal experience for us. And then just, well, you know, and I've said this before that, the animated series was kind of like the child of an ugly divorce over the years because Marvel was going through bankruptcy. You know, Saban owned some of the rights, Fox kids stopped existing, all these various things happened. So there was no cohesive uh, uh, corporate entity in place to sort of support and keep it alive, keep the show alive. So the reason, the reason that there's still tens of millions of people wanting to see some new version of the show is just fan devotion. It's, it's not like, it's not like this has been a corporate trick to get some people no. to, to keep watching the show. It's just they really want to see some more episodes. So and, it, it was yeah. up to Larry and Eric and me to sort of go out there and, and literally kind of beat the bushes at some cons and fests and just say, remember the X-Men? We really have to hear some stuff about the X-Men. And eight out of ten people that came to our tables would say, oh, how nice you've got X-Men merch. And then, oh, you guys made the show. So there was a lot really the majority, the majority of people, because you know, there was at the time that we did the show, when we were done, we just went on to another show. There was no, you know, book coming out, there's no promotion, there was no connecting us with with the series, and it was just people loved the series, but they didn't have any idea who wrote and drew it. Right. You know, and, and they, they, you know, no reason they should. It's just we, so so we the books helped. Which is her, her her nudging the doing the two books helped kind of get us more visible and and I'm sure it's helped us become involved with this as well. But with talking with Larry, you know, and saying the one thing he would step out of retirement for would be something about X Men the animated series, yeah. and we're always going, boy, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Gee, Larry, yeah, wow. For over the last five six years, boy, yeah, yeah. And oh. there've been some announcements yes, that it was like, happening, and there was. Hints to the press and Hollywood Report, and whatever. We can tell you none of that. None was of that was happening. real. None yeah, of that was real. That was, you know, until Marvel told us. I mean, I know Marvel's been planning to do it, but they hadn't contacted any of us. They hadn't contacted the, the voiceover people who are a number. Yeah, you're right. I think they've got nine folks from the original show. Unbelievable. Either as either as leads or as guest stars already locked in for this first season. I just, so I did an event with Larry over in California and we went out to dinner afterwards <laughs> and I got that man a beer and I point blank asked him <laughs> and he, nothing. He was like, no, nothing. Ah, like, it's just, I can't believe it. I mean, this came together so quickly. That's yeah. the crazy part. Cause we also know how things work around here and it's always in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess we could say, well, it's been 30 years in the making, ah! <laughs> but, but as far as what this new thing is, we're, we're, we are, I am still really trying to wrap my head around it. Still really trying to 
understand that this really does feel like and, it's going to be the next and, iteration of season six. And it really is. And we're really looking forward to seeing all, all the development and, you know, what these, this new crew have oh. done. Cause it's kind of, for us, it's kind of a repeat back 30 years ago. We were the age of the people that, that are <laughs> doing the, show, the new show. We're in our thirties and people like Stan were around that had been with Marvel forever for Stan decades. Stan Lee. Yeah. He's talking about Stan yeah. Lee. Yeah. Mm, I think and we've so heard of were, him. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, were, they were kind of watching us as the new upstarts doing this new show in the early 90s. And now we, you know, we shake our heads that it's 30 years later and we're watching these new 20 and 30-somethings mm -hmm. at Marvel who've all come together. Evidently, they all love the show. They all grew up on the show. They, at least they tell us. And so they're, you know, they're going to do, they're going to do their version of it, but it's whatever it turns out to be, it seems to come from a place of love and fandom from them, not from, oh, gee, I've got a new idea for doing the X-Men. It's going to be something weird and different and, and, and contrarian. Well, like, does Jean Grey really need to be a redhead? You know, those, those <laughs> things. No, no, look, yeah, yeah. look at you. Look at you. <laughs> if you don't know who my favorite character is, <laughs> let me remind you. Yeah. We, we have all lived yeah. long enough to see reboots and reiterations that are like, why are you doing that? Whereas this yeah. one really feels, like you said, love and respect. Yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, we don't, you don't know. I mean, the first sounds like they're talking about a premiere of maybe late summer of 2023. Yeah. So that's a year and a half from now. You know, in a year and a half, how... Uh, we've heard a little of, you know, we've heard a little of uh, recordings with some of the original stars. We've seen a little, a couple, a little bit of animatic from from the from the first script. So we're getting a feel for it. But how that, you know, what happened with us was just magical. And we've we've watched other shows we thought were going to be good not turn out well. Ones we thought were not going to be so good turn out really nicely. There's so many steps between now and premiering. <laughs> Yeah, we're, just, we're just we're just gonna you know keep our fingers crossed that these guys wonderful intentions play out they certainly have three times the time that we did not that we're bitter <laughs> <laughs> you know, to get stuff done and they all seem to have just crazy talent you know yeah. uh, the, the ones that we've had the chance again it's you know we, we have only recently gotten a chance to speak with certain people in certain departments but it, it, uh, yeah. it, they yeah. all seem yeah, we're thrilled with the character people. design. It, it was close enough to what ours was. We thought ninety-five percent looked like what what our design had been, but slightly updated, slightly massaged, so that anyone could watch the who loved the original show can oh say that's that's Xavier, that's Wolverine, that's Beast. There's not a well, new, you know, there's not a strange new. Yeah, it's not like a, just a complete revamp of the designs. It's, oh. it's respectful yeah. to it's, what you guys had paved the way for. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. Larry was Larry was on with us. Larry's eyes were big too. He said, "How did they manage this <laughs> this, this balance of keeping what we had, but putting just a little bit of you know modern modernity or whatever, <laughs> what something new?" Yeah. Can, can I ask you guys a question? Because I feel like the reason why the series has resonated with so many of us, I know for Scott and I, the reason why it's resonated so powerfully with us is because of the muted metaphor, for example, and how well you guys captured it. As writers, you just asking you two as writers, I know you guys are under NDAs, you can't say much, but I'm curious, you as writers, how do you feel like the muted metaphor works in today's world? I think it's relevant. 
then in the 1990s, it, it's re, it has remained relevant because it because of what it is. Anybody who has ever felt other, or who has been called other, or who has been uh, not allowed to be part of something, just just the rage and the hatred and the anger that continues to exist in this world. I mean, I sort of te- did we not teach you people anything? <laughs> Honestly, it's 30 years later, and we're still having to go through this crud. But yeah. uh, and tragically, there as long as there is that kind of hate and ugliness, I think the mutant metaphor will forever be relevant, whatever uh, the problem is. And you're talking about one man's worth. There's that one of the the favorite lines from Storm about about skin color prejudice. prejudice. You know, it's 2055. Surely everybody's passed this by now. She said something to the fact that's so antiquated, it's precious. You know, something like oh, that. That, yeah. that That's line is almost quaint. Yeah, and- it's so that line has stuck with me since I was a kid, since I saw it when I was 11. Wolverine's response, it ain't quaint, you know, and that, <laughs> to me, yeah. And realizing that that and but that ugliness, we all know what we're talking about. And it, any 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 person, anything, anyone. Uh, I think can identify with, and that was that was a real gift to us. One of the things we realized the first day we were handed this job in 1992 was, oh, we have this to build on, because we knew we we, we obviously got to know fans quickly, and we re- read as many of the books as we could. And about half of the interest was any fanboy's interest is, you know, these big spectacular people. There was a spectacle of it all. Right, was yeah. was a massive creature fighting another massive creature and watching half the city blow up. And that was kind of cool, but there are 50, you know, books that you could do that with. There's only one book that you can just focus on the humanity and the sense of otherness that the mutants have. And so that's, we really leapt on that as, as opposed to the other side. When you and, and your head writer, best friend, Mark Eden, sat down to, to sort of pencil out what would be at the time the only 13 episodes of the series, because uh, that was all the faith anyone had in the show, you, you made the conscious decision to open with the Sentinels having been created by humans to serve as as the the, the terrified humans interface with mutants in general, and then an, that, emb- an embodiment of their hatred and fear. And I think that brilliantly set up the rest of the series for the fact that it wasn't just immediately mutant on mutant. It was oh my god, the humans are have turned you know are sending yeah. these things out there to control this thing, yeah. and that's I think how it became so powerful. Well, Julia, it's funny in our episode or our last season intro, I have the quote from you where it's like, you know, we start off with the Sentinels and then we get to Magneto. And when we get to Magneto, he may not be wrong in his approach. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I appreciate, you know, there's some, there's some runs of the book that it's very black and white, you know, good guys, bad guys. I appreciate there's some runs in the book where they have sympathy for him and where, you know, or even comes on and becomes part of the X-Men or, the fact that we were able to play him as his own kind of idealist, but in such contrast to Xavier that that they couldn't help but fight. But they also but but they but they were the their deepest world, friends, their deepest friends in the world. So that is such a great bit of drama that that again yeah, a, a gift from part of the books. I mean, you, you go through one of the one of the nice things that Bob Harris at Marvel gave to us, who was kind of our supervisor from the creative supervisor at the time he just said look there have been half a dozen different histories you know there's 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 various canon there's various ways of dealing with these characters you've got 30 years of the stuff to, to work with 
pick the stuff that you like and don't worry about if it fits because there's no way to make it fit. He was, he was, that was just versus, oh, well, let's sit down and let me tell you how each of these people has to live. Um, if we were all completely off base with a character, he'd call us on it. But as long as we were true to the individuals in, you know, we could take the stories any way we wanted to. Oh, like on, on that note, with with the coming back is like is there a particular story that you really want to tell uh that you weren't able to tell in the 90s interesting you say that in the 90s meaning because of the there, 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 there is one we can't talk about i think well but, you know what let's not even worry about yeah. that let me let me say this that uh stories what we didn't get to do i think was because what you didn't get to do as a story editor or any of us as writers on the show there were so many characters to service within the team anyway. There were nine people to service up front. So I would have loved, I didn't get a chance to write for Nightcrawler, would have loved to have written for Nightcrawler. Uh, and the fact that stories about uh, faith, whether it's Christian, whether whatever it is, that, that, that a genuine exploration of faith happened on X-Men, I still can't believe that was allowed. And that to me is one of those landmark episodes where, it's not proselytizing. It's just an examination of one character's faith, one character's uh, search for understanding, and other people around them having their own opinions on the matter. And that includes Gambit saying, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there are certain things. I mean, we really pushed as hard as we could against the, the restrictions of being a kid's show on Saturday yes. morning. But those were real restrictions, and these folks won't have those restrictions. Oh, that's, that's, this is this is their. I think they're focusing this more. The audience of thinking about our core audience, maybe teens on Disney Plus and adults, and so it was a weird, it was a weird new push for us to have adult themes in the show. Mm -hmm. They're starting out with adult themes, so they're starting out with thinking of this is a bunch of adults thrown together struggling with something. And we're going to show the melodrama and we're going to show you know, some of the personal things that adults go through where mm -hmm. we kept on, you know, at, the, at least at the beginning, getting weird questions from various people involved saying, well, our kids going to watch this. And now we proved that they could, this new, this new uh, show is going to start out with, without, I mean, I, I, and I, and we can't yeah. tell you any you know, specifics, but it's going to be, they're going to be able to tell adult stories without looking over their shoulder and wondering if this is going to be kid-friendly for Fox Kids. Saturday morning. Yeah. Not only did you guys prove them wrong back in the day, but 30 years later, people are still talking about the series. Yeah. You, regardless of what, what what's happening now with Disney+, Plus, we will still be talking about the series 30 more years from now. So you proved everyone wrong. Thank you so much for that. That, yeah. means, that means so much. Yeah, it does. And so. I know the Faith episode, Scott and I, really uh, love where uh, Mystique is about to throw baby Nightcrawler off uh, the cliff. Off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> but then what's so brilliant of what you guys did, then you cut back later in the episode to her eyes, and she's crying as she's yeah. doing it. Yeah. And crying in animation, which is, not, <laughs> I'm telling you, these things are not easy and they aren't cheap. And uh, we didn't have money or time back then, but, but you bought it. You bought it. <laughs> it was, they sold it. It worked. Yeah. 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 Oh, one thing though, 1990s, uh, I think you would have, there uh, nine season five, there was such a tremendous 
budget disastrous cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and and the, we can't. No one can defend how most of the animation ended up looking. But there were some rock solid stories in season five, and I think the last episode, graduation day, it still makes it still chokes me up. But originally, the game plan was for yeah. you to wrap the series up with the four part Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, I know. And that you know, to have been able to wrap up the show with those four stories, I think would have been very grat- very satisfying. Yeah. If I can say that. Yeah. But, a, a real coda to the show back then. Right. Well, but yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's, but yes, we're, we're, we're excited. We think, we think these people, uh, the, the, the couple of, of, uh, 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 voiceover, uh, artists that have spoken to us about the scripts they've seen are very excited. They just say they say it feels like 1992. Beast called Beast, oh. Beast called us from Toronto, saying we're just three episodes in the same room in the same recording studio that he did 30 years ago. That was cool. That was that, that was very so cool. cool. He just said it, yeah. and he said it felt like 1992. It just was. Yeah. It hey. was too good. And guys, I Scott has a question, but I'm going to interject really quickly. We. I hate Hank McCoy in the comics. He is a sociopath. The only good beast is the one you guys did and George. That's it. He is spectacular. And I, I still think yeah, Hank, uh, Hank McCoy, he, he is he is my damaged poet romantic. You know, he's, he's my romantic way, poet. Like you know, you're right. He's in the book. So in some of oh the books, God, he, gets, he gets edgy and nasty. <laughs> uh, nasty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's... It, it, I mean, right, but but in our window, yes. in in our chunk of time, I I, I he's my favorite. Remains yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Uh, well, you you were talking about how a lot of the old uh, like cast is really excited. Um, who would you say is probably the most excited to go back? <laughs> oh, that's a fair. Well, that's because because right, it, it's it's been in the press. So with the well, the, we, the we, nine we, the nine names that are coming. Uh, we 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 have heard directly because uh, again they're in Canada. Yeah, we've yeah. we've heard but, from Cal. Cal, Cal is yeah is, is Wolverine beyond himself. He, yeah, know. he's he's yeah. thrilled. And uh, Lenore Zan, who is Rogue, is very. Yeah. I mean, she's thrilled about this too. Yeah. Oh, she like, commented oh on my Instagram page saying, "See yeah. you soon, sugar." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're. I mean, think about it. They 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 did this amazing work. And then they just, just, you know, they went, they went on with their careers in Toronto, but, you know, we, we started going to cons and they said, well, you know, who did the voices? Well, we don't, you know, the, the fans didn't, had never seen pictures of them and never, you know, who was it that was so wonderful as Rogue or a Storm? And he said, okay, well, I, you know, we, we wrote about them in the books and, and that, and interviewed them and, for some of them, that was the first time anybody had asked them in 25 years about, you know, what was it like doing the show? So, so this is such a nice sort of uh, uh, victory lap, if I can, or, you know, yeah. a va- a validation, a validation for them, yeah. for, for the work they did back then, because yeah. they hadn't been hearing that from people. Yeah. I love that. Uh, well, we're all so excited that the series is coming back. Just one final question. Sure. Um, Bo DeMeo, is that how you yes. say his name? He's, yes. he's a Florida State grad. I, I graduated yep. from FSU as well. So I, I have to ask, he's the head writer. How yep. is, how is, how's it working with him? He is such a sweetheart. It's like, again, talking with a fan who happens to be a really good writer. Yes. <laughs> 
you, and, and you know, I, yeah, no, he, he's he's been wonderful, and everyone we've spoken with have, have just been so, say, say so how, sincere, yeah, so and genuine. He's, and, and he's really the he's really the heart and soul of this new show. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. I'm sure I'm sure if he hadn't wanted to have Larry and Julia and me on to consult, it never would have yeah. it never would have happened. So yeah. uh, we owe him that. And, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and it's just. He seems really well loved by his by the the people around him. We haven't been into like the writers' room yet, or anything. I don't know if anybody has. Yeah. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> just yeah. Just yeah. yeah, but oh. uh, but but it's it seems like he's got the love and respect of his of his crew. So uh, we're we're gonna spend a little more time with him in the next couple of weeks. But right for for now, it feels like the show's in really good hands, yeah. and you know, good, bad, or indifferent. It's, you know, we'll do what we can to help, but it's his show. Yeah. Oh, well, he's so lucky to have you guys in the corner, in his corner. We're, we're so excited. The other thing you guys did recently was announce the X-Men Hasbro way for the 30th anniversary. And we, Ryan Ting, I was telling you this before we hit record. Well, you guys know, cause you were on the email. Ryan Ting reached out to us and was like, Hey, <laughs> I heard your episode with the Lee Waltz. Can I get a line to them? And I was like, oh, my God. How was it like announcing those figures? You're a kingmaker. Yeah. You're a kingmaker, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, no. she, she, she loves merch, and she loves oh unveiling. God. So she got to be the seven-year-old child ripping, up, you know, ripping open and showing the... I, I didn't really even appreciate that. They, they sent us this whole elaborate you know, uh, electronic recording oh. set and then this giant box of gorgeous new materials. The, the 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 VHS of Wolverine, the VHS of Jubilee, and I didn't know that they were going to ask us to like no hold it up for the camera and reveal it during this Hasbro <laughs> Pulse event. Oh my god! But and all credit to the artwork of Dan Beesenmeyer, who's done the amazing box art for those, who was yeah. also on the original X Men the animated uh, the series storyboard artist. artist. And boy, the, the the folks at Hasbro have just been the the nicest nicest people. Yeah. And that PulseCon. Again, we didn't appreciate the reach of that thing, but my God, that that set some internet on fire. Oh, it certainly did, and I think they unveiled Mister Sinister after afterwards. So everyone's just so excited. I mean, who knew it was going to look like that? I mean, like the box art and everything. Box art, that's yeah. yeah. We even have old VHS tapes here, just because that's so iconic, you know, from that particular time period uh, in in the world of X Men. So. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Hasbro had, I don't know who had that insight or that bolt of lightning to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is what we, this is how we need to do the box art, make it a VHS tape. It's like doing, of course. Really? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Do, uh, do you think we'll get like a morph figure? Uh, I think, well, I don't know. but We I have so. not been told. You'll have uh-huh. to go find Dan Wiesenmeyer and hit him with a stick. He knows. <laughs> The art on all of them and he knows what they are and he yeah. has not told us oh look at that and dan by the way for folks listening at home dan if you have the x-men animated series book you can mail it to him and he'll illustrate one of your favorite characters right there in the in the title page yeah or, or if you can see him at a con he, he he signs stuff he does original art for you if you come by his table if we ever go to cons con. again yeah <laughs> soon the book came out we have not been able to attend a single con uh, since october 2020 that was going to be a big thing for us to go out with the art book 
Yeah. And we haven't been able we to. We did oh. the New York City Con, but we did it virtual. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's, it's not the same. No, it's not. Are you guys going to do LA Comic Con? Yes. We are going to do that. Oh, one okay, now. good. About, good. But about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, wonderful. Is that, you're you're going to, that's going to be your big return to cons. Yeah. And, fingers crossed. And, well, fingers and, crossed that everything is fine. Yeah. Yeah. We and Larry are, are going to have a booth uh, yeah. and, and then do a panel on Sunday. Well, I mean, fingers crossed. Yes, there you go. But if you get really slammed with work on a certain project, I mean, I'm, <laughs> no, sure, I'm sure I'm sure, everyone will. Uh, I'm sure the internet will, will understand. <laughs> yeah, I have a society say, busy writing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on um, writing. <laughs> Julia, I know you're a big Fortnite fan. And did you, did you see, did you see who is coming to Fortnite? I have seen everything, but I can't play it because my stupid iPhone, uh, I had to reload. I had to do something to my phone and I magically managed to shut it all down. So I've not been able to play Fortnite since the big Apple kerfluffle, but I'm following it all online. So yeah. Yeah. Dark Phoenix is coming Phoenix. Fortnite. to Fortnite. Now, I don't know how anyone doesn't win if you play as dark. I don't know how they're <laughs> cheating that, that, um, that she just can't, you know, psh, and the whole island goes. Yeah, but, there's but. an example of something that the new guys could do that we couldn't do. Uh, in the end of Dark Phoenix, it would have been more satisfying if someone had died instead of just, <laughs> instead of just, you know, everybody has to lose 20% of their life essence to keep her. You know, we couldn't kill, we couldn't kill off that character at that point. It just was too much. We'd already killed off more of, or tried to. Well, he wasn't. Well, that yeah. was authentic. Though. Yeah, that was authentic. That was an authentic. Uh, yeah, but it just there are certain things that that can be a bit much for for a kid show, and there were moments like that where it would have been more it would have been more satisfying, a heroic sa- sacrifice to have someone die, and they could continue since this is more of an adult show, they could lose a cast member, three fourths of the way through. We don't know. We don't, we, know. Don't, we don't know where their stories are going yet. Just yet, yeah. But uh, that's the kind of thing that that we just, we couldn't contemplate, even if we thought it was good for the story. Wow, interesting. So, I mean, that was a question we were going to ask later on, if Gene originally was supposed to die. This is something I didn't ask you guys last time you were on the show. Was Gene originally intended to die at the end of Dark Phoenix? And, but, and how did you land but, on that 20% of life? <laughs> that was that was a, that was just desperation. That was, <laughs> that was me coming up with a way to have her die, to have someone make a heroic sacrifice since it was required at that point in the story. And it, it became a communal one, which was kind of, which is a, I don't know, a little bit of a cheat, but I thought it ended up being very resonant. Yeah, no, it was, it was very beautiful. And, you know, they each gave a part of their life for her. I mean, it, 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 it did the trick, you know, I mean, you did get to have her, I don't know if we talked about this last time, I, my interpretation of how Gene dies on the moon was Xavier says the weapons just came online. It's Gene. And then Lalandra just walks over to hit the button. I always thought that was Gene telepathically controlling every situation. <laughs> well, it, well, if you guys, <laughs> well, if it wasn't from you guys, then I'm obviously overreading it. 